Pershus, Reb Simcha. Today's daf is Ksubis daf Mem Gimel, and we are six lines from the top of daf Mem Gimel Amad Aleph. Today's daf is being learned. Le'ilu Nishmas Shlomo ben Yibadol Chaim, Reb Chaim Doiv, that's Shlomo Saratskin, the son of Yedid Nafshi, Dovi Saratskin, who's been very active in High Lifeline, specifically in Lakewood, and made today's learning and all his avoidance HaKodesh be an aliyah for the neshama of his very, very heiliger son. So we're moving along in Perik, Nairish and Espatata. The context, believe it or not, is still the idea of the Oynesum Afata. And today's daf specifically is, however, going to be a little bit of a digression. And it's going to really pivot on one shaila. That is, the halacha is that if a man dies, he leaves over sons and daughters. The halacha is, it's mefurish in the Torah, the sons yarshin, the daughters don't yarshin. Stating that, the Chachamim said that the sons that yarshin have an obligation to support the daughters, to support their sisters. The shaila that was asked to Rav Sheshis, and that, as we'll see, many of the Amiram opined on, was... These girls that are being supported by their brothers, assuming they work and they generate income, do they have an obligation to now give their money that they earn to their brother, or one has nothing to do with the other? Meaning, you can make the argument that being that they're being supported by their brothers, so at the very least, in exchange for the support that they're receiving, they should give their maizayodayim, they should give any income that they generate to their brothers, or maybe one has nothing to do with the other. They have an obligation to support their sisters, that's true, but at the same time, if they're going to earn income, that's money that they're allowed to keep for themselves. Now, in order to properly appreciate the Iboya the Gemara, I think it's Kedai to explore very, very briefly other similar situations that you find in Chazal, just to dehair a little, the anomaly and really the, the backdrop of the boy and the Gemara. The halach is that a man that has a daughter has an obligation to support his daughter. It's actually written in the Ksuba. But the halach is that a father has a chiv to support his daughters. The halacha also is that if a man has a daughter, a katana or a naira, she has a job, she earns income, the father gets to keep her income. So it's true he has an obligation to support, but at the same time, any income that's generated is something that he's going to be able to keep. You find the halacha, that if a man dies and is yarshin with an estate, he left over an almana. It's a parak in the end of Masech Tisksubis, almana nizaynis menechzi yasayimim. The halacha is the almana gets supported from the estate of the yasayimim. Now what happens if the almana has a job? She's generating income. She's earning a good living. The halacha is the yasayimim get to keep it. Meaning, you can't have it both ways. The a state has an obligation to support the Almana, but in exchange for that, they're going to keep any dime that she's going to earn. If a man has an Evid Ivri, that's easy. A man has an obligation to support his Evid Ivri, but at the same time, any income that the Evid Ivri earns, by definition, he's an Evid, belongs to his master. Evid Kanani, Mikal Vachaymer. The Odin has an obligation to support his Evikani, but any income that the Evikani is going to earn is going to, of course, belong to the master. So if you think about it, all the different examples that you can come up with, where there's a man that has a chi of mezoinus, he has an obligation to support, it comes with 
the idea that in exchange for that, if there's any income that's generated, the person that is being supported is going to have to give the income to the person that's supporting him. Whether it's a daughter that's being supported by her father, whether it's an almana that's being supported by the estate of the Yarshim, or whether it's an Evid Ivri or an Evid Kanani. Stating that, as we'll see, there's a whole sugi in Shas, but there was an Ibai in the Gemara. What would be when you have girls that are being supported by their brothers, man died, left over, sons and daughters, they yarshed all the money. The girls are being supported. Chazal had a havamina. They had it sad that although throughout Teresh Bapet, wherever you find this concept, this musik, that I'm supporting you, that's fine. But at the same time, I'm going to take your mazoinus in exchange. Maybe this would be different. Why would this be different? What are the stodom of the Shiloh? Who were the Amoiram that opined on this very interesting topic that is the majority of the Sachtis Ksubis, Daf Memkim. So six lines from the top. Rabavino asked Rab Sheshes the following question, the question we just prefaced. A girl that's being supported by her brothers. Who keeps the Maisiyadayim? What did the Tzadim and the Shailah? Do we say that these brothers that are supporting their sister are really Bimakim their father? Meaning, the father when he was alive was supporting these girls, as his daughters, now his Yarshim are supporting them as, their, as them being their sisters. Okay, if that's the case, we can argue. Just like when she was being supported by her father, she had a chiv to give the Maisidaim to her father. So it makes sense now that she's being supported by her brothers, she would have an obligation to give the Maisidaim to the brothers. Or maybe Loydamid. Laugh. Maybe it's different than the father. Why? Because Hasim over there, when the father is supporting his daughters, he has an obligation to support from his hard-earned money. He earns a living, he has a chiv to take some of that money and to give it to his daughters. But Hacha over here, it's mitzvah. These brothers that are supporting their sisters, where do they get this money from? They don't have a chiv to take money that they're earning and give it to their sisters. They have a chiv to take the Yerusha. Whatever they yarshin from their father, from that money, they have a chiv now to take some of it and to give it to their sisters. But the money that they have a chiv to give is money that they yarshind from their father. So it comes out it's not their money that they're giving, it's really the father's money that they're giving. And the Gemara is arguing that being that the money that they're giving is really the father's money, and really their chiv to give it is based on the fact that they yarshin something from their father. The father had a chiv to give, Mimeo, they have a chiv to give. So then you can hear that maybe it's one-sided. Maybe they have an obligation to give the money, but they're not necessarily going to get anything in the return. So the father who was giving his own money, he maybe would get the Maisi dime in return. But the sons that are giving their father's money, so it's more that they yarshin this liability. The father had a chiv, now they have a chiv. But Dafka says the Gemara, does that mean that they would get the Maise Daimir? Again, this is the question the Ravina asked Rav Sheshes. Amalei's Rav Sheshes told him, Tenisua, I have a raya from a Mishnah. A Mishnah later in Mesech Tisksubis. The Mishnah says, Amalei Nizayinus Menech Yisayim, and Amalei gets supported from the estate of the Yisayim, and exchange for that, like we spoke out in the introduction, any income that the Amalei earns is going to belong to the Yisayim. So what do you see? You see Mephorish, that we there's a, a halacha that I have to support in exchange for that I'm going to get the Ma'as Yadayim. The truth is you see even a little bit more than that because the fact that the Yisoyimim have a chiv to support the Almana that too is not their own chiv to support the Almana the nature of that obligation is that they yarshin money they yarshin it from the father the father had an obligation to support his wife they now have his money. They also have an obligation to support his wife. So they have a chiyuv, but the chiyuv is, again, not a chiyuv atzmi. It's not a chiyuv that they have from their hard-earned money. 
they got money from their father, they now have an obligation to give it to their mother. And still, we say, even though it has that little wrinkle, that chiyuv, but in exchange for the support that they're giving, they're going to get the Maisei Adayim's Rav. Sheisha said, to me, the exact hit, the perfect comparable to this Shaila is Dalmanu Minachsi Yisayimim. Dalmanu Minachsi Yisayimim gets supported, she has to give the Maisei Adayim, so too the girl that's being supported by her brother is going to have to give the Maisei Adayim in return. But the Gemara says, Midami. I don't know if it's Muchach. It's not necessarily a perfect comparison. Why? It could be a man, when he dies, he wants his almana to be taken care of. But at the same time, he doesn't necessarily want her to become wealthy. Not necessarily. And as a result, it's true that the Yisoyim have a chiv to support his almana, but she has to give the Maisi Adayim to the assignment because he doesn't want her to be able to double dip. She's going to get supported. Now she's going to have income. So it's not something that interests him necessarily. But But as it relates to his daughter, it could be he wants her to have more. And being that he wants her to have more, so the father, in his mindset, he's thinking that, yeah, I want my daughters to be supported by my sons. And not just that, in the event that she's going to earn income, I want her to be able to keep the income. So if Shesh is tying it, that just like the Almana has to give her Maisiyadayim to the estate, so too the girl would have to give the Maisiyadayim to her brother. Tying it the Gemara, it's not Muchach. It could be, it's all based really on what the father was thinking. The father wants the Almana to give her Maisiyadayim to the estate. The father wants the daughter to keep it. Now it's interesting, and the Achreinim point this out, the Pnei Yeshua and others, that it sounds like from the Gemara that really whether or not she should have to give her Maisiyadayim and not have to give her Maisiyadayim is Totally in what the father was thinking. Pashtus, you would have argued it's a takonis chazal, and it really depends on what chazal was thinking, not so much based on what the father was thinking. So the achrena mucha a little bit. It's one of the things that need to be understood a little bit better in the Gemara, and that is why do we care what the father was thinking? Why is this about, about the psychology of this man? Lachur, it should be more depending on what chazal wanted to happen. But either way, that's the Gemara's terrorist. The Gemara said it could be there's a chiluk between the almana and the daughter because the almana, the father, doesn't necessarily want to have all this money give the Maisi Adayim to the estate, as opposed to the girls. No, she should keep the money. One thing you see clearly is that the Gemara holds in Svara that a man would be looking out for his daughters a little more than his Almana. He wants his daughters to be as successful as they possibly can. The Almana, be supported, have what you need, anything else, you should give instead to the, you should give to the estate, says the Gemara. Is that true? Chazal treated the Amana next to the daughter, like the daughter next to the brothers. In the event that a man dies and he leaves over a little bit of assets. What does that mean? Just like if a man dies, he leaves over Nechasimuatin. He leaves over a, a little bit of money. He left over his sons, and he left over a daughter. So what's the halacha? Habas nizaynis. The girl gets supported. And the boys have to figure it out. So ordinarily, like we said earlier, when a man dies, he leaves over sons and daughters. The sons yarshin. The daughters don't yarshin anything. Chazal That the boys have to support. They have to take from the money that they yarshin, and they have to make sure that their sisters are taken care of. At the very least, they have mezaynis. They have the basic necessities that they would need. That's all true if there's enough money to go around so that everybody can live happily ever after. What happens if a man dies? He leaves over Nechassim Muatin. He didn't leave over such a gross Yerusha. So in that case, the is, the daughters get whatever they need and the brothers actually have to figure it out. The boys are the ones that are going to end up with nothing. Okay. So too, Chazal said that if a man would leave over a daughter and an almana, 
So who would get the mezoinus between the daughter and the almana? Almana mezoinus. The almana is the one that would get. And the daughter is going to be the one that's going to have to figure it out. In other words, if a man leaves open the chasam water, and there's a daughter and there's an almana, they also get supported from the next assignment. So the question is, at the end of the day, who's the one that's going to get it? Is it the door of the Almano? It's a Mefur Shechazal. Chazal said that it's the Almano that's going to get it. What do you see from there? You see from there that the father seemingly is looking out more for his almana than for his daughter. Because if it's a question of the almana being supported or the daughter being supported, he wants the almana to be supported. Which is fakert from, we, we just said a svara that the almana gives the ma'isi, he's not interested in the almana having all this money. The daughter, maybe she would keep it. We want the daughter to have a lot of money. Here you see in svara, it's just the opposite. So the Gemara says, you have to say there's a chilik between the two cases. Le'inyan zilusa, as it relates to zilusa, as it relates to having to knock on people's doors, to have to go around for money, almanasa adifale. He's more sensitive to the busyness of his so he doesn't want his, his almana to have to be Yishalu al Absachim. It's like this. If one of the two are going to be set up, he wants the almana to be set up. When it comes to becoming a gvir, when it comes to harvacha, having a lot, there his daughter is the one that he's looking out more from. So the Gemara is seemingly splitting hears a little bit, but the Gemara says sometimes the father's more sensitive for his daughter's plight, sometimes he's more sensitive to the almana's plight. What does it depend on? When it comes to bizyoyness, he doesn't want his wife to have to incur any bizyoyness. When it comes to support, there he's looking at a little bit more from his daughter. The bottom line is, it's based on these ideas that these halachas were formulated, which is an example of where Chazal really, really went deep into the psychology of a person when it came to dictating halachas. A lot of halacha certainly on the Rabbana level, is based on human psychology. And this is an example where Chazal felt that the father is more sensitive to his daughters in this Indian, more sensitive to the Amman and that Indian. That's why if there's enough money for the Amman and the daughters, the Amman is the one that gets it. But as it relates to this halacha of, of an Amman being supported and the daughter being supported, who gets to keep the Maisi Adayim? The halacha is going to be different for the daughter versus for the Maisi Adayim. So what's the bottom line? We have Ravina's question that he asked Rav Sheshis, and that is, Bas Hanizoynis Minoach. Man died, leftover sons. Left over a daughter, the son's Yarshin, the daughters are being supported. Givaldi, she's earning money right now. Who keeps the money? Does she keep the money or does she have to give the money away? In every case we were able to come up with, she's giving the money to the person that's supporting her. Stating that, over here, Chazal had it sad that maybe it's going to be different. And Rav Shesha said to Nisua, Rav Shesha said, I scanned. And I have a, a perfect tushtel to your shayloh. And what's the halacha with the ma'asi yadayim? The ma'asi yadayim oh, that she earns has to go to the assignment. So too, I believe this is going to be no different than almana, no different than all the cases we're able to come up with. The ma'asi yadayim ultimately is going to go to the brothers that are supporting him. Master Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef came and he asked the kasha, and his kasha was from our Mishnah, and that's why we're having this conversation right now. We're discussing this. Up until now, really, this has nothing to do with the sugis that we've been learning, but it's because of this Master Rabbi Yosef that we're having this discussion. So Rabbi Yosef asked the Kasha from the safe of the Mishnah. So again, let's just go back to the Mishnah for a second. The Mishnah was talking about Oynas HaMathata. More generally, Chiyuvei Momin versus Chiyuvei Knas. The Mishnah mentioned the Machloik between Rabbi Shimon and the Chachamim as it relates to the Chiyuv Knas of Oynas HaMathata. When does that Chiyuv go into effect? So we know that an Irish and a Spatata, who gets all the Momin? Her father gets the money. But the Mishnah said, only if the father was Zoyche in it. If the father, let's say, died before he had the ability to be zoich in it, then it wasn't his, then she's going to keep it. If he was zoich in it before he died, then it became his, and then it's going to go over to his Yarshim, be Yerusha. And those machalikas of Shimon the Chachamim, what the definition of the father being zoich in it is? According to the Chachamim, the Hamad as soon as Bezdim paskins that there's a chiv, at that point, that's when that halacha 
is in effect. According to Reb Shemin, it's once the Gviya happens. Once the money comes to his hand or her hand, the COD, once the cash is received, that's when it's negated. But up until that point, that's not going to be the halacha. The Mishnah said that even though Reb Shimon holds, that as it relates to Knas, the Knas is not considered mum and it doesn't go into effect. It's not really his until there was an actual via. But Maisiyodeh, any income that she earns, umitsiyasa, or any mitsiyah that she finds, even though there was no gvia yet, is, it's going to belong to the brothers. In other words, a girl earns money. Who keeps her maisi dime? Her father does. What happens if she earned money, but she didn't get payroll yet? Meaning she's waiting for the 15th of the month to get payroll, and then she's going to have her money. She didn't get it yet. She accrued it, but she doesn't physically have it in her hand. So the Allah is, it belongs to the father. It doesn't matter. And if the father dies, it's going to go to the brothers. That's true for maisi dime, and that's true for mitziyasa. So that's the end of the Mishnah. This is where Rabbi Yosef is going to ask his cash for maisi dime, mitziyasa, even though there was no gvio, if the father dies, it's going to belong to the brothers. So Rabbi Yosef made a diak in the Mishnah. He said that it sounds like the only reason that Allah is that the brothers are going to get her Maisiyadayim is because she earned it while the father was alive. Right? What was the case in the Mishnah? She earned it while the father was alive. Before she collected it, the father died. Who gets it? The brothers get it, Yerusha. Why? Because he was Zoich in it, and now it goes over to the brothers, Yerusha. Now it sounds like the only reason the brothers are getting her Maisiyadayim is because she earned it while the father was alive. And the father has a schos in it. Now the father dies. He gives it over, but let's say she would have earned it after the father already died. It sounds like the atzma. She would keep it, then the brothers wouldn't get it. it sounds like the only time the brothers are getting her mice is when she earned it while the father was alive. Now they're yarshing it secondhand from the father. But if she would have earned it while the father was alive, well, after the father dies, it sounds like they wouldn't get anything. Now the Gemara says, My lab He said, Probably we're talking about a girl that's being supported by the brothers, and Afal Pikain. It sounds like they don't get her Maisiyadayim. And if that's the case, it's a, a kasha on Rav Sheshis who said that the halacha is that a bas that's being supported by her brothers, if she earns any income, it goes to her brothers. But the Gemara says, Loi. I hear the diik, but I don't agree with the hanacha. The hanacha is, you're telling me that even a, a bas that's nizoinus, even that daughter, her income would not go to the brothers if it was earned after he died. It's not true, but she ain't in his own. Maybe it's talking about where she earned the income in a situation where she's not being supported. If she's not being supported, then there's no question. Then of course she gets to keep her Maisiyadayim. The whole shayla of who gets the Maisiyadayim is only in the event that she's being supported. If she's not being supported, zikr she would keep it. If we're talking about where she's not being supported, then what's the Chiddush? Meaning then it's Pashit. If she's not being supported, then it's Pashit that the halacha is that she's not going to give the Maisi a dime. And the Gemara says, Even though there's a machloki samiram, there's a mandama that says that a man can tell his Evid Kanani, I say, Imi, you work for me and I'm not going to support you. There's a mandama that says, A master can tell his Evid Kanani, I'm not supporting you. I'm taking your money, I'm not giving you. That's only true for an Evid Kanani, where it doesn't say the word Imach. By Evan Ivri, where it says the word Imach, there the halacha is, imach means you have to treat him like a mensch, and you can't say, you give me all your income and I'm not going to support you. And koshkin bitay, certainly that's going to be true for a, a daughter, for a bas Yisrael, or for a sister. In other words, the Gemara is saying that in the event that she's not being supported, it's pshita that the halacha is, that she would get, be able to keep her ma'asiyadayim. So you can't tell me that the diik in the Mishnah is talking about b'sha'in and because if it's talking about b'sha'in and then it's going to be pshita. 
just to understand the Gemara one drop better, without getting into it too much, the Gemara's question, Rabbi Yosef's cash is predicated on the fact that when the Mishnah said, And the Gemara is really bothered, the way Rashi explains the Gemara, is what's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? The fact that if she earned income, but she didn't collect it yet, and then her father died, that it belongs to the father, it's obvious, it's, it's his. So if it's his, he would give it over to Yerusha. Must be there's a Chiddush. The Gemara thinks that maybe the Chiddush is the Diak. Maybe the Diak is the Chiddush. That the only time the brothers get it is if it was earned while the father was alive. But if it was earned after the father died, then they're not going to get it. Maybe that is the Chiddush. So the Gemara is timing like this. The Bishloim, if the Mishnah is talking about Benazinus, so then, it's a chiddush. You would have thought, ben the father should, the brothers should get it. Kamash one, the brothers are not going to get it. But if you're telling me that ben really, they would get it. And the Mishnah is talking about b'she'ena If the Mishnah is talking about b'she'ena so what's the chiddush of the Mishnah? The fact that the father gets it, even though he wasn't goivet, or she wasn't goivet while, she was, while he was alive, is pshita. The diik that the brothers wouldn't get it, is also pshita. So what is the chiddush? That's the gemara's kasha. Amar Rabbi Barulos. Rabbi Barulos said, "I'll tell you." It's talking about where this girl was not being supported, and the diik is a good diik, but only when she's not being supported. Is the Allah is the brothers don't get it. What was the kasha pshita? Of course, the brothers don't get it. If they're not giving her support, why should they keep her income? The teretz is and the chiddush is we're dealing with the hadafa. We're dealing with where she earned a lot of income. And there, there would have been a havamina that maybe the extra income that the brothers would be able to get, even though they're not supporting her. In other words, very glad to svara. The Gemara thinks the only time is Pasha, that the only time the brothers will get the income if they're providing support is in the event that it's, it's dollar for dollar. Meaning, you cannot support this girl and then take away her income. She needs to be supported somehow. But let's say she's earning a lot of money. So she's being supported by herself, but then, you know, most of the month, any income that she's earning is, is going into her savings account. So there, there's no svarat to say that the brothers don't get it. Maybe they do get it. There's a svarat to say that she gets to keep what she needs, but there's no svarat to say she keeps the adafa. So that's the chiddush of the Mishnah. The Mishnah was telling me that in that instance, the brothers are not going to keep the adafa. Either way, Rabbi Yosef came with a whole kasha based on what's the chiddush of the Mishnah, and the Gemara really rejected it. The Gemara said that maybe the chiddush of the Mishnah is talking about the adafa. So on my Rava, Rava commented. He said, Rava was bothered. He thought that this territory of the Gemara of adafa was a very, very posh the tarots. He thought the tarots was obvious. Rabbi Yosef's kasha was based on what's the chiddush of the Mishnah, and the Gemara said the chiddush is maybe hadafa, and the Gemara thought it was so obvious that the Gemara doesn't even understand what Rabbi Yosef's thought process was when he asked the question. Elama Rava, so Rava said, Rabbi Yosef Yosef's kasha wasn't based on the diak, it wasn't based on what's the chiddush, he was asking a very, very straight kasha. The Ketani, the Mishnah said, as it relates to her and any mitziah, even though she didn't collect it yet, the Allah is, it belongs to the father, so that if the father dies, it's going to go over to be Yerusha. So Rabbi Yosef had the following question. What does it mean she didn't collect the mitziah? Who do you collect the mitziah from? Somebody has a job, they earn income. Okay, you have to collect your paycheck. Somebody finds a mitziah, you found it. Who are you collecting it from? There's no one to take it from. So he was bothered with what that means, being goiva mitziah. Elolav, so he assumed, hachi You know what the Mishnah probably means? It means maisiyodeya, not umitziyasa, but maisiyodeya kimitziyasa. And the Mishnah is coming to say that the maisiyodayim of this girl is like her mitziah. 
Just like any Metziah that she finds while her father's alive belongs to the father. But that's Pashtun. If she finds a Metziah after her father dies, she's going to keep it. There's no Shaila that she doesn't have to give her Metziahs. If she wins the lottery, she doesn't have to give that to the Yarshim. That's Pashtun. So to any income that she earns, what she earned during her father's lifetime, that's going to belong to the father. But anything she earns afterwards, that she's going to keep. And if that's the case... Shema Mino said, Rabbi Yosef, this is a raya, not like Rav Shesha. So not such an easy Gemara, not an easy parak at all, not an easy Masechta, but certainly not an easy uh, few blocks. But basically, in short, what the Gemara is saying is, is that Rav, Yo- Rav Shesha said that in the event you have a man that died, left over sons and a daughter, that luck is the sons have to support the daughter. She earns money now. What does she do with her paycheck? Ordinarily, she would support herself with the paycheck. She doesn't need to support herself with the paycheck. The brothers are taking care of her. Does she keep the money? Does she not keep the money? Rosh said, Tinisua. Why is it different than the Almana? The Almana is being supported by the estate. What does she do with her paycheck? She gives it to the estate. She too is going to have to give it away. Rabbi Yosef had a kasha from the Mishnah. What was his kasha? The Mishnah said, Maisi yodea umitsiyasa. Yosef didn't understand Pashmashan in the Mishnah. He understood it's Maisi Yodel Kimitsiyasa. And really, what the Mishnah is saying is that Maisi Dime is like a Mitsiyah. Maisi Dime is like a Mitsiyah? Okay. What happens if a girl who's being supported by her brothers finds a Mitsiyah? Eil Mitsiyah Shalai. She's walking, she finds Peros Mifuzar. Right? The Mishnah is beginning of Perak Eil Mitsiyah. She gets to keep it. There's no Shaila about that. So, too, Maisi Yodel, she's going to be able to keep it also. In other words, Rabbi Yosef had a Raya. Not a Mefurish Uriah, not even close, but he had a Uriah from a Mishnah, not like Rav Sheshis. In other words, it sounds like Rav Yosef wouldn't hold like Rav Sheshis. So to Gemara, this is true. Itmar Nami, we learned, Amr Rav Yudam Arab, Rav Yudam said in the name of Rav, Basan Izoinus Menachim, a daughter that's being supported by her brothers, Maisi Adel she gets to keep her Maisi Adel, which is not like Rav Sheshis, and that's Itmar Nami. It's Itmar Nami, like Rav Yosef said. Rav Yosef held that from the Mishnah there's a Uriah, not like Rav Sheshis, Itmar Nami, Rav Yehuda said it in Mefurish. In the name of Rav. I'm Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana said, my time in the Rav. What's Pshan and Rav? Now, really, what's Pshan and Rav is a loaded question. But the question specifically that the Gemara means to ask is, the Gemara's timing, you could have thought that maybe when a man dies and he leaves over Yarshim, the Yarshim, Yarshim, anything that the man left over. Maybe as part of the Yerusha, they should Yarshim, the Schos Maisi Yadayim and their sisters. Meaning, till now we've been discussing, do the brothers keep her Maisi Yadayim, do they not keep her Maisi Yadayim? What was the tzad they should keep her Maisi Yadayim? They're supporting her. So, I'm supporting you, you don't need to support yourself, give me the money in exchange. If you need my money, I'll give it to you. If you don't need your money, you're earning a salary, why, why do I have to give you my money? It's very logical, it makes perfect sense. Every single such case in Tarsh that's the way it works. Right, that, that would have been the svar. So the svar that we want, timing, why she should have to give her Maisi Yadayim is, oh, she's being supported, she should have to give it. The Gemara is timing now even better. The Gemara is saying, I can make a Dairaisa argument that maybe they should keep your Maisiyadai. You know why? Because the father had the Maisiyadai. The father died. He gives over to Yerushal. You would think all the schosim that he had. So just like the kid Yarshin, any properties that he might have had, any Gesheftin that he might have had, this is a schos moment. It has real value. So, Lechur, they should Yarshin the schos. And if they're Yarshin in the schos, if the father, when he was alive, was Zoichin all the Maisiyadai, now that the father died, that's what the Gemara means when it said, My time at the Rav. So, the Gemara, it's long time from a Pasik. It says, Now, the Pasik is talking about Avadim that go over to Yerusha. Because Avadim go over to Yerusha to your sons. But your daughters don't go over to Yerusha to your sons. What does that mean? 
your, your, your daughters don't go over be Yerusha to your son. The man dies. The boys don't yarshin their sisters. Maggie, what it means is she ain't other It means whatever the father owned in his daughter, that you could have thought maybe goes over be Yerusha. Kamashwan doesn't go over be Yerusha. What does the father own in his daughter? He has a schusmamen. That's what he has. So you could have thought the schus goes over Kamashwan. But the bottom line is, it's learned out from this pasik. So based on this drasha, that's how we know that it doesn't go over be Yerusha. Maska flow, rabbi, rabbi, ask the kasha. I hear the drasha. It says, Oysam lifneichem, veloi b'neiseichem lifneichem. Magid, we learn from there, she'en other murder, schus bita lifneichem. But I can argue, the emo, maybe the pitoi habas, maybe that pasik that says that the brothers don't yarshin the schus of their sisters. Meaning the schus that the father had in their sisters, maybe it's talking about different schus. Maybe it doesn't mean ma'isiyadayim. Maybe it means the schus bito yabas. Meaning in the event that somebody was mafatah this girl, he now owes the father a certain amount of money. There was no hamadavadin. Nothing happened yet. Then he died. Maybe you could have had a havamina that the yarshim she yarshim that schos. Kamash one they don't yarshim the schos. Or the knasai some other chiv knas. The chavalois or if somebody was chayvul in her, somebody damaged her. A custom Maybe it's talking about those things. And the emes is v'chein toner of chanina. Chanina actually had a brisa that said mafurish. But pito yabas the knasais the chavalois a custom That that's actually what it's referring to. So the gemara is tiny that even if there's a drasha that says v'snachal to moisel levnechem acharechem that teaches me ain't other moir. I don't know if that excludes my see that maybe income is different. Maybe it means like knosis and chavalis. Maybe income is different. Now, why would income be different? So Rashi says two reasons. Number one, my is moshriach. And because it's moshriach, so maybe that's different. Also, the chasri babamoyna. My the fact that the brothers have to support their sisters and not getting anything in return is actually costing them money. The fact that somebody's mafata this girl and they don't get that. That doesn't cost them anything. But the fact that they're providing support and not getting the Maisi diamond in return, that does cost them. So number one, it's Moshchiyah. Number two, there's a Chsar kiss. You could have thought that maybe it's not included over there. Now the Gemara says, Agav, Chavolois, you're telling me that it's Pashit, that the brothers shouldn't yarshin the Chavolois, as if to say the father had the Chavolois. When the father dies, he gives over the Yerusha, but not the Schus Chavolois. Chavolois, sorry, the Gufenino. Chavolois involves Tsar. That should be hers, anyways. Why would you think the father would be Zoycha in any money of Chavolois? Talking about where somebody damaged her in her face in a way where it devalued her, because it devalued her, so you could have thought that maybe. The father's losing from it. Rashi says, because the father, Midday Rice, has a, a right to sell his daughter. So he's not losing in such a case. That would have been the Havamina where it would have been a gay. The bottom line is, is that's the Gemara's Ha'ara on the Joshua. The Gemara, the Joshua, and the Gemara has a little bit of a Ha'ara on it. Amr Rav Zeira, Amr Rav Mas, Amr Rav. Rav Zeira said the name Rav Mas, who said the name of Rav. Amr Rav say, Amr Rebbe Zeira, Amr Rav Mas, no Amr Rav. We're going to get back to this. Bashan is in this man, a daughter that's being supported by her brothers, Maisi Dalatzman. Allah, she gets to keep her Maisi Adain. The Chsiv, it says, Visnachaltem, Oisom, Livnechem, Acharechem, Oisom, Livnechem, Veloib, Noisechem, Livnechem. The Avadim go over Yerusha, but the daughters don't go over Yerusha. Magid, this teaches us that a person can't give over Yerusha, the schos and his daughter, to his son. So, bottom line is, is it seems like this was a grace of Shaila. What's the halacha as it relates to this din of whether or not a girl that's being supported by her brothers, father died, she now earns money. Who keeps the Maisiya Dime? Does it go to the brothers? Or does, it, does she keep it for herself? The argument that it should go to the brothers is, is they're supporting her in the event that she needs the money. But if she doesn't need the money, then either I won't support you or give me your money. The argument, Fakert, that the Gemara didn't speak out so clearly. The Gemara discussed this on a Durabana level, even on a Dairaisa level. So what's the bottom line? 
Avimi bar papi. Avimi bar papi said shakud amra. The shakud said. So like, who's shakud? Shakud, nani shmuel. The shmuel. Rashi says he was called the shakud. He was a big masman. That's why he was called shakud. So shakud paskind this halacha that the halach that a purse that a the girl is able to keep the ma'aseh dying for herself. That shakud said this. Faith the gemara. Rav amra. Didn't we say on the manalif that Rav is the one that said it? So the gemara ema af shakud amra. You're right. Shmuel said it and Rav also said it. Amar mar bar ameimar the Rav Ashi. Hachi ami nardoi nardoi. They used to say hilchas like a vassal Rav Sheishes. That halach is like Rav Sheishes. He was the first sheet in the sugya that the ma'aseh dying goes to the brothers. Rav Ashi. Amar Rav Ashi said hilchas like a vassal the Rav. That halach is like Rav. The hilchas held the vassal the Rav. That halach is like Rav. So the bottom line is. Major Machlokes on Iran, and the last words of the Sugi is We paskin that she would get to keep the Maisia Daim for herself. So we will just start this next Gemara and then speak at a, a drop of rate. Hamaris If somebody's Maaris his daughter, so a man has a daughter midday rice, he has a right to marry her off. Even though Oktana doesn't have Das to be able to be Mekabal Kedushin, but a father has Das, of course, and he could be Mekadesh, his daughter. So if someone's Ma'aris, all there was was Erisin, the Gersha, and then the girl got divorced. Erisush, she had Erisin again, then Nazar and this time she became an Almana. Bottom line is she was married twice, both times the marriage was terminated. So the Allah is Ksubasa Shaloi, the father gets to keep her Ksuba. So in the spirit of the father being Zoycha in the Knas, and in the Boishas and the Pgam, and the Maisi Adayim, what happens if a, a girl, a katana, gets a ksuba? Has a katana get her ksuba? Father married her off. And now she's back home. She has a ksuba now. So the question is, who gets the ksuba? Says the Tanakama, if someone was Maris's daughter and then she got divorced. She got Arison again and then she became an Almana. Right? Every word matters. Arison twice. The first time she was divorced, the second time she became an Almana, he gets to keep the ksuba. What happens if not Arison? There was Nesuin. She got married with Nesuin, then got divorced. There was Nesuin and she became an Almana. In that case, she gets to keep her ksuba. So if all there was was Arison, he gets the ksuba. If there was Nesuin, she gets the ksuba. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Rabbi Yehuda said, I see it differently. To me, in the second case, the case of Hesia, where there was Nesuin, the first ksuba the father keeps, but the Second ksuba is the one that she keeps. They told him, Once there's a suin, the father has no rishus anymore. And even the money that came from the first nesuin, even that, she's going to be able to keep for herself. So before the Gemara gets into really the lumbus of the Mishnah, which is going to be tomorrow's daft, the Gemara just makes a, a very, very agav, subtle observation. And that is, the Mishnah, when it set up the case for this woman that was married twice, so the first time she was divorced, and the second time she became an almana. Interesting. Girsha and Nesarmala. Hamaris is speak to the Girsha, Irsa and Nesarmala. He see of the Girsha, he see of the Nesarmala. Really, the punchline of the Mishnah is this woman was married twice. And both times her marriage was terminated. Doesn't matter if she got divorced, that's how it was terminated, or she became an almana, that's how it was terminated. It doesn't seem to make a difference. Yet the Mishnah is being a shtickle precise over here. Neskarsha and Nesarmala. So the Gemara makes the Diak, and the Gemara actually is Mechiach, a very interesting idea from this day. Time of the Hisiya Vigirsha, Hisiya Vinasar Mishnah was talking about a case where the first marriage was terminated through Gerish and the second one was throughout. In fact, she became an Almana. Avon this Armala Trezimni. But if she would have been an Almana twice, Sulaych Azilin Sufe, then she would not be able to get married again. Okay. What's that halacha? If a woman's married twice and both times her husband dies, she can't get married a third time. She's a katlonis. So, really, it's a machloikis. Whether a woman becomes a katlonis if her husband dies twice or if it happens three times. And if what the Mishnah is trying to avoid 
is establishing her as, an, as a katlonis must be the Agav Urchei Kosasam Montana Karevi, the Bederich Agav, the Tana, the Mishnah is teaching us the Allah is like Rebbe, the Omar who holds, betrays him, the Havi Chazaka. That a Chazaka is established when something happens twice, and if twice she was married and her husband died, the Allah is she's going to have a din of a katlonis. Now, why is the Mishnah trying to avoid this woman from being a katlonis? It's not clear, right? This woman was married twice. Okay, maybe she can't get married a third time. Let's get to Khan, right? This first time she was Nisarishter, and the second time she was Nisarmala. Let her be Nisarmala twice. No, we don't want it to be Nisarmala twice. And the reason is, we don't want it to be a Katlanis. Why? If the Mishnah was going to tell me, Allah, that she got married a third time, that this is not Yuvamis. She didn't get married a third time. So, like, why do we care about the fact that she is a Katlanis, she's not a Katlanis? So Rashi says that the Dak Tana Peranis. Tana the Mishnah didn't want to talk about a, a matzav of Puranas. From the fact that a, a woman that was married twice and her husband died both times, she can't get married again, she's a Katlanist, that's a, a milsa de Puranas. Tana the Mishnah is trying to avoid Puranas, and the reason it mentioned first Gerishin and then um, Nisarmala is because it just didn't want to get involved in a scenario where it involves Katlanas. Now, to be shown, we'll ask the obvious question. So, why did it, it, the Mishnah just say, she was Niskarsha the first time, and she was Niskarsha the second time. Why does it have to be Niskarsha v'Niskarsha? Let it be Niskarsha v'Niskarsha. She wouldn't be a Katlanis, so the Rishonim say, because the Pan of the Mishnah also wanted to make a point that if we would have said Niskarsha twice, then the Halacha would have been Mashma that she's a Katlanis by two, and to teach me that betrays Zimni have a Rebbe, and the way to be Sasamatanaka by Rebbe is by making the Diak obvious. You know when the Diak is obvious? When I say Niskarshav and Nisarmala. If I would have said Niskarshav and Niskarshav, you couldn't ask the Kasha, say Nisarmala and Nisarmala, because then you would have said, if you would have said Nisarmala and you would have asked me, why do you not say Niskarshav and Niskarshav? That's not a Kasha. Niskarshav and Nisarmala, that's already a little bit funny. That brings out the Diak. And what is the Diak? Yeah, we don't want to say Nisarmala and Nisarmala, because then she's a Katlanis. Oh, two times you're a Katlanis. That must be like Rebbe. But the truth is, we've spoken about this years ago, that there is a sheet that's Rashi, believe it or not. The Shulchan Aruch brings this as a Yeshayimim, but it's a Rashi tucked away at the end of the second parak of Mesech Tesivamas, where Rashi says that a woman that was married twice and got divorced twice has a din of a katlanas. It's a sheet that's Rashi, and the Shulchan Aruch brings it as a Yeshayimim, and this sugya, Lechura, would be a, a very, very starker Rashi, I think, uh, Rashi, starker Raya, I believe, the sheet that's Rashi. So in the spirit of just one short, quick, Raid bite, one ha'ara, super light, and that is, so today's daf again, not an easy daf, but one of the lighter lines in the daf was the top two lines. Amarav Zeira, Amarav Masna, Amarav. Va'amrila, some say, Amarebi Zeira, Amarav Masna, Amarav. So we're accustomed to throughout Shas, the Gemara does this. Right, the Gemara will say, Amarav Ploini, Amarav Ploini, Amarav Ploini. Va'amrila, some say it was three different Ploinis, right? It wasn't the same Amarav. This is Mamish the same. Amarav Zeira, Amarav Masna, Amarav. Va'amrila, some say, Amarebi Zeira, Amarav Masna, Amarav. It's, it's the same three Amairam, Lachair. So Rashi already asked the Kashi. Rashi says, What are the two Lashainas? Rashi says, I don't understand what the two Lashainas are. Right? What are the two Lashainas? Rashi says, If you look carefully, in the first Lishna, it was Amar Rav Zeira. In the second Lishna, it was Amar Rebbe Zeira. Now, it's the same person, Dr. Ashi, but at the same time, who Rav Zeira, who Rebbe Zeira? So, what's Rav and Rebbe? Rav Zeira, we know, was one of the Amairam that made Aliyah. He lived in Bavel, and the mysterious Nefesh, Mamish, even his Rabbeim didn't want him to go to Eretz Yisrael. The Mar said he had to hide from his Rebbe, Rabbi Yehuda, to be able to sneak out of the country and go to Eretz Yisrael. But Reb Zeru went from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So he lived part of his life in Bavel, he lived part of his life in Eretz Yisrael. When Reb Zeru lived in Bavel, he was Rav Zeru. 
Where Abzeira lived in Eretz Yisrael, he was Rebbe Zeira. What's the pshat? Because smicha was only given in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara mentioned it briefly at the end of Perak Elonaris. They used to only give smicha in Eretz Yisrael. They didn't give smicha in Bavel. An Amoira who got smicha became known as Rebbe. If he didn't have smicha, so then he was simply, he was simply known as Rab. So Rav Zeira, when he was in Bavel, didn't have smicha. Because he didn't have smicha, he was known as Rav Zeira. When he went to Eretz Yisrael, then already got smicha, he was known as Rebbe Zeira. That's why you see all the Babylonian Amairam were known as Rav. Rav Chizda and Rav Papa, Rav Ashi, they're all Rav. The Amairam and Eretz Yisrael were all Rebbe. Rebbe Yoichanan, Rebbe Shimon ben Lakish, Rebbe Avo, right? They were all, they were all Rebbe. The ones that were in Babel had no smicha. There was no smicha going on in Babel. And because there was no smicha, they were known as Rav. Rav meant, you're a very chash of a Rav, but at the same time, you're only a Rav. You don't have smicha. The Rebbe meant that you already had smicha. So Zok Rashi, the two Lashayinahs are, one is Amar Rav Zeira, Amar Rav Masa, Amar Rav. That Rav Zeira said this when he was in Babel. The other one is Amar Rebbe Zeira, Amar Masa, Amar Rav. Rav Zeira said this when he was in Eretz Rashi. But I think it's a pell of this Gemara. At the end of the day, what difference does it make? Does it matter if Reb said this when he was in Bavel, or if Reb said this in Eretz Yisrael? So in our Chaburah, we talk a lot about the concept of being Oymer Dovah B'Shem Oymer and the idea of Nefsois of Doivah Yispekever. And we've mentioned, you know, many times that Reb Ruven Margolis, he wrote a sefer called Shem Oylam. It's a fascinating sefer. Highly recommended. That any time the Gemara brings a Machloik Yisameirom, the Gemara says, Chad Amar, Chad Amar. You don't know who said what. So Reb Ruven Margolis, who was brilliant on a whole nother level. So he wrote a whole sefer. We went through every Chadom Chadov in Bavli and Yerushalmi and in Medrash and Sefra and Sefri and Teres Kayanim. It's mind-boggling. And he went through each one and he proved with the Rayas and sometimes Pulpulim which one of the Amiram or Tanam said this, which one said that. So he wrote a very long Akdama to Sefer Shem Oilam. And the Akdama to Sefer Shem Oilam, he talks about this Indian of being Oymer Dovah B'Shem Oymerai and Sefsoy Sadoi Vaisbekeva and how sensitive Chazal were. And you see that they were sensitive to it even on the level that when you're like the middleman in a halacha, even then we want to know who you are. It's, is it Omar, Ra, Omar Rav Huna, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, or is it Omar Rav Nachman? He, he, not even the last person that said the halacha, but the person who's said it over in the name of someone who said it in the name of someone. So this is all very important. There's no question. But it's the same Rav Zaira. It's a question if it's Rav Zaira, Rabbi Zaira. What's Pashib Shah? What are the two Lashinas in the Gemara? It could be, and maybe this is Amnes. There's a Ramban in the Mulchamas, in the end of Masechtis Rosh Hashanah. But the Ramban says, whenever there's a machloikis between Rabbah and Rabzeira, who do we pass like? So Rabbah and Rabzeira, underrated, a big bali plucked in shas. If there's a machloikis, Rabbah and Rabzeira, who do we pass like? So the Ramban says, we pass like Rabzeira. He says two reasons. He says, number one, he was the Basra. Rabzeira lived longer than Rabbah, and there's a klal in Psak that whoever lived the latest, He's the machria when it comes to halacha. It's ironic because an Amira can't argue with a Tana. Why? Because the Tana and Rishonim kemalacha, Manu kibnei But within the world of Amiram, the Basra has the Koyach Imsak. The one that lived the later one, he's the one that's going to have the Koyach Imsak. So it says the Ramban, number one, Reb was the Basra. So because he's the Basra, we pass like Reb He says, V'oid, Reb we know went from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. Avira Eretz Yisrael machkim. And Zok the Ramban, because Abir Deir Tisro Machim, therefore the Allah is like Rabzeir. By the way, you know who said Abir Deir Tisro Machim in Shas? Rabzeir was the one that said it. 
But because he went to Israel, did there Israel Machim. There's a chuva from the Chavis Yoyer. The Chavis Yoyer has a long chuva. He goes through all the different Kloli Apsak. And one of the things he discusses is if there's a machlekes between Ravina and Ravashi. Who do we paskin like? So the truth is, Ravina and Ravashi, they were partners, right? Together they wrote the Talmud Bavli. Oh, but the emphasis Ravashi was Ravina's Rebbe. It's a Gemara in Erevin Daf Samach Beis, where the Gemara says that Ravina was a Talmud Chavir of Ravashi. Yet the Chavis Yoyer says if the machlekes is Ravina and Ravashi, I believe we paskin like Ravina. Why not like Ravashi, the Rebbe? Why Ravina the Talmud? He says because Ravashi lived in Bavel. Ravina went to Eretz Yisrael. He said, just like the Ramban says, we pass him like Reb over Rabba because Havir there, it's Yisrael Machim. So to hear Havir there, it's Yisrael Machim. I once thought, we know whenever there's a machloikis between Rav Yochanan and Rav, we pass like Rav Yochanan. Whenever there's a machloikis Rav Yochanan and Shmuel, we pass like Rav Yochanan. Right? The three greatest Amairam, probably of all time, it's Rav, Shmuel, and Rav Yochanan. Right? We're not ranking Amairam, but you get the point. Right? It's Rav, Shmuel, and Rav Yochanan. In Halacha, it's Rav, Shmuel, and Rav Yochanan. Yet, Rav and Shmuel, sometimes Rav, sometimes Rav Yochanan, we always pass like Rav Yochanan. Rabbi Yochan and Rav, it's Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Yochan and Shmuel, it's Rabbi Yochan. We'd rather have a raid bite. What happens if it's Rav and Shmuel, the Omri Travayu, going up against Rabbi Yochan? That's already a very Gishmak Shmuel. We once spoke out a Tshuva from the Dvar Yeshur, Yeshua Mendel Arenberg, who was a Rav in Tel Aviv. Not for now. But the bottom line is, we always pass like Rabbi Yochan. Whenever there's Rabbi Yochan in the picture, we pass like Rabbi Yochan. Why? Why? Mechatesi. We know that Toysva says in Ksubasav Chesam and Aleph, the Rabbi Yochan can't argue with a Tana. Rav. Is a Tanu Pollock. So what's Pashim Shah? Why is Allah always like Rabbi Yechonon? So I once thought maybe because Rabbi Yechonon lived in Eretz Yisrael. Ram and Shmuel lived in Babel. Avir there is Yisrael Machke. We have a Ramban and we have a Chavis So there's already a precedent for this. But the bottom line is, is that the Ramban said, Rabbi and Rabbi Zeru, the Allah is like Rabbi Why? Because he lived in Eretz Yisrael. It was Avir there is Yisrael Machke. It's Lafiza Yesh Maybe it's Nifla. Omar Rav Zeru, Omar Rav Masna, Omar Rav. Rav Zeru said this when he was in Babel. The Amri some say it wasn't Rav Zeru in Babel. It was actually Rabbi Zeru. It was Reb Zeyra in Eretz Yisrael. Lamayna of Kamina. It's the same Reb Zeyra. Oymer Dabe B'Shem Oymra. You're the same maybe Gulul Oylam. Sifsoy Sadoi Vais Bekever. This Reb Zeyra is Sifsoyim Abing Doi Vais Bekever. It makes no difference. So what's the Chilik if it's Reb Zeyra or Reb Zeyra? Oh, the Chilik is the Ramban. The Ramban says that Reb Zeyra had a special Kayach. Why? Because I've heard Eretz Yisrael Machim. We pass like Reb Zeyra. So it's negated to know this. I was thinking just to add one Knech. There's a Yerushalmi. In Mesech Tishkolim, so that's practically a Bavli, where the Yerushalmi says, the Pasuk of Mishle, that says, Ve'ish emunim mi yimtza. Ve'ish emunim mi yimtza. Very hard to find a really honest man. Find an honest man, that's awesome. Mi yimtza. Right? Ish eschayel mi yimtza. Ish emunim mi yimtza. Says the Gemara, who's the Ish emunim mi yimtza? Zu Reb Ze'era. It's, it's Reb Ze'era. Reb Ze'era is an Ish emunim mi yimtza. What, what's so, what was so ehrlich about Reb Ze'era? So all the Mepharshi ha Yerushalmi say, this is the Lashon of the Karbonado. Rav Zeir would not say over a halacha unless it was 100% clear to him who said it. So ordinarily, sometimes people would be but not Rav Zeir. When Rav Zeir was So when it's Omer Rav Zeir, Omer Rav Masna, Omer Rav, it's actually a little different than Omer any other Omer Rav Masna, Omer Rav. Because Rav Zeir is Ishamuna Miyimsa, and it carries a tremendous amount of weight. Chazal, the one Amir in Shas that this was true for was, was the Amir Rav Zeira. So it maybe matters. Is it Rav Zeira or is it Rabbi Zeira? Is it with the Avir that it's Machim? Then it's the Ishamuna Miyimsa with the Avir that it's Machim. Or is it not with the Avir that it's Machim? It's only Rav Zeira. Just to end on the topic of Rab the Gemara says in the Sechtes Megillah, Dav Chavches Amar Aleph, 
Shalus Reb Zeir. They asked Reb Zeir, but Meharach the Yomim. They asked him, what did you do to merit Tavarichas Yom? Apparently, Reb Zeir was was Meirich Yomim. They asked him, but Meharach the Yomim. What did you say? He gave him a list of things that he did. And one of the things Reb Zeir said was, Me Oilam Loisasti Betakolas Chaveir. So I was never happy if something bad happened to one of my Chaveir. So if one of my Chaveir had a Takola Loisasti, it was it never brought me to Simcha. And the Chassidim say over for Reb Yitzchok Vorka that he asked. He says. It was a godless or abzera that he wasn't besimcha when something bad happened to his friend. Which matorif is besimcha if something bad happens to his friend? You can be happy that something bad happens to your friend. said, said that's not the oymik or abzera was saying. What abzera was saying was that loisasti I couldn't be besimcha. If I had chaverim and I had friends that I knew were going through a difficult time and they were going through an eighth tzara, avada wasn't besimcha with their tzara. Who would do that? A beloy sasti, I couldn't be besimcha. I couldn't be besimcha even with my simchas. It was difficult for me to be in a matzav. I was so nice about Elam Chavera that Loi Sasti Betakolos Chavera. And Reb Zeri said, that's what I did. I believe that merited my Arichas Yomim. I was just thinking, Dover Beitoi, that Lule de Mistafino. It could be that to be Loi Sas Betakolos Chavera and to be nice about Elam Chavera, that's Kamuvan, a very, very high madrega. But it could be there's even a bigger madrega. And that is when you have a Chavar that's in a state of Takola and when you have a uh, uh, you know people that are, that are dealing with a situation that's very, very difficult, that not only are you not besimcha, but you actually find a way to make them besimcha. That's already a whole other level. That's already perhaps even a, a gresser in Madrega. And I think that's exactly what I am witnessing here tonight. And Kishmoy Kachi, it's, it's Camp Simcha, and it's led by the, the legendary CEO and Nasi Reb Simcha scholar, it's a, a moisture that's not just loisasti, but I call us But to the contrary, it's 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 making simcha, bringing simcha. This is what Reb Zeira did to be zoycha to his tremendous arichas yomim. Now this week's parsha is parsha's ekev. Rashi says in the beginning of parsha's ekev, vaya ekev tishmon. It's talking about mitzvahs sheadam dosh behem ba'kavav. But these are mitzvahs that people trample on. The in his svarim, right in the beginning of Torah's Moshe, he says in a few different places. He says it sounds a little derogatory, right? Mitzvahs that people trample. On. But Chassam Soifer said that he believes mitzvahs sh'adam dashpem ba'akovim is a murder de gazach. He says, talk about mitzvahs that people do with their akovim. He said, people that think mitzvahs that they do with their feet. They, they run to base medrash, they run to the base haknesses. The Chassam Soifer said the most chosh of a mitzvah, all the brachas of parashas, how do you say Chassam Soifer? All the brachas of parashas, they have come because of mitzvahs sh'adam dashpem ba'akovim. I think that if there's any mitzvah I can think of sh'adam dashpem ba'akovim, it's the, you know, bite to thousand miles or whatever it is. Ba'akavav, <laughs> is, is there a greater mitzvah? Sha'adam dashpem ba'akavav. It's ma'amish dova b'yitoy. Parshas ekev, b'makayim the mitzvah of ekev, tishmon, mitzvah, sha'adam dashpem ba'akavav. And we should talk all b'zoichet to all the brachas of, of Parshas ekev, beruchnias, u'begashmias, tariches yomim that, that Rav Zeru was zoichet to.